Perception is either a key to unlocking a door of truth or a questionable moment that will ensue chaos if you let it. How can we move forward and not allow our perceptions to dictate what we need to do and how we need to move? Hey everyone, it's me. I am excited to talk to you tonight. I have a lot on my mind and I just want to impart on you tonight what the Lord has given me. So on today, um, day four, oh my goodness, day four of 10 before 33, I want to talk about our minds, right? And if you don't know where you're at, just in case you don't know, right? You are with me. My name is Allison, and I am your host for It's Simple Yada, where we talk about how the Lord can move and how we can get to know Him on an intimate level in our everyday lives. So, let's get right into it. I know that sometimes for me, I struggle very hard with seeing how somebody could have gotten to a conclusion that was different than mine. Um, especially if like we're, we have a lot of the same tendencies or we have a lot of the same mental thinking processes. And then one day I'll say, oh yeah, that's an apple. And they're like, no, it's not. It's a strawberry. Um, I sometimes tend to fight with that and You know, I'm very big on, well, tell me how you got there. You know, tell me what that looked like for you. And like, tell me about how you process that. Because I know for myself, I can be an internal processor. But I also know at times I have moments where I need to talk things through to get some full understanding. And I'm huge on communication, huge on communication. Communication will change your life and and level you up. All right. So if you don't got good communication, let's work on that. But anyways, beloved, let me come back. So the Lord definitely imparted on me that on this day I need to work on changing my mind right I know the other day I talked about positioning and I've talked about a few other things right but changing your mindset is something so huge and it's crucial to what we need to do and it's crucial to who we need to be like I not like changing your core yes changing how your mind how your mind sees things though can fundamentally make or break some of those things going on in your life that you may not have perceived as trauma or you may have perceived as trauma depending upon where you stand in your life I know for me, for a very long time, I was in, I was in this relationship, and you know, when you're in love, you're in love, and you see everything through rose-colored glasses, and so, while I was in love, I didn't realize the level of spiritual um, breaking down and, and how detrimental it was to me until I was able to get out of it 
And the only reason, you know, the only reason that I was able to really see things for what they were was because I got pregnant. Um, And when I say, like, my child saved my life, she saved my life. And I am so grateful for the Lord giving me this opportunity to mother in this way. But before I go, that's a different story for a different day at a different time. But in this relationship that I was in, I never realized how intimately... Um, intimately my perception of life had changed while being with this person I didn't realize how drastically my thoughts had changed from being around this person and I also didn't realize that based off of other life experiences I had believed that this was the type of love that I needed I believe that this is the type of love that I wanted, that this was pure love. Um, And it wasn't until later on that I realized that it wasn't, it wasn't pure love. It was pride and it was a level of lust and a level of love of what I could bring to the table and love of the light that was in me, right? I didn't learn that till much later on, but stick with me. We're going to talk about it. So I didn't realize for a very long time how pride could really mess with you and how pride is just not the root of all evil because we talk about it in the Bible but pride really is a downfall because it's sneaky, it's cunning. In the Bible, when you read about it, pride is actually called Leviathan, right? And it is one of the it is one of the kings of sins in a way because it can creep in when you're not thinking about it. And it can creep in in a manner in which you don't even realize that you're having a prideful moment. Most of us think of pride as something where you are haughty, you're boastful, you think really big of yourself. But on the other side of that, pride is you drowning in the stuff that you're doing because you're not asking for help. Pride is you being too embarrassed to ask for assistance pride could also be when you isolate yourself because you don't want to or you feel like you can't talk about those things in your life because people are going to view you differently all of these things can make up pride all of these things could take on pride and you could be bound by pride without being rude you can be bound by pride without being a mean and nasty person you could be the sweetest person ever and people will think that you're superwoman or superman for that case and it'll be because you're not allowing yourself to be vulnerable with your close friends and family. Now, what you're not going to do is tell people that I told you to be vulnerable with everybody because I did not say that. Allison did not say that. However, 
I am saying that if you have friends in right alignment with the Lord and you are in alignment with the Lord and you are filled with the Holy Spirit and your friends are filled with the Holy Spirit, why can't you lean on them? Why can't they support you? Why can't they love on you and love you in the way in which Christ wants us to love other people? Which means that we give help, but we also accept help. For the longest time, I struggled with this concept because in my mind, like, I'm a strong friend. I have my stuff together. I don't really miss a beat too much. But the reality is, I was also the prideful friend. Because when I did need help, when I was struggling, I didn't reach out. And I knew my friends and my close family, I knew they loved me. I knew that they wanted what was best for me. But because how they saw me did not align with how I saw myself, I did not allow them to step in and save me. And so instead of being saved or instead of, in my mind at the time, proving everyone right, I stayed. I stayed in a space that wasn't healthy for me. I stayed in a space that was toxic to me spiritually. I stayed in a mindset that pushed me to and dragged me through a depression and an anxiety that I wouldn't wish on anybody all because I was too prideful just to be like I'm struggling I need help and for years I never allowed anybody to really see me in that light I never allowed people to really get in or deal with me in that level I never allowed anyone to watch me cry because crying was not for the weak and this is where the Lord brought me back to today he brought me back to that to see my growth he brought me back to that to show me how I've changed since that moment in my life But he also brought me back to that moment because there were still some things that I needed to deal with. And even now, as I'm about to turn 33, and this was years ago, we won't talk about how many years, but it was years ago. I'm still dealing with the residue in my mind of how I see things and how I process things and how I perceive things because of this experience. And the Lord really had to tell me like, my daughter, I've forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And condemnation is a big way that pride and other sins try to keep a hold on you. Because literally, once we've repented, we've turned away from the sin, we're not doing it anymore. We are instantaneously forgiven. 
the Lord has pushed it into the sea of forgetfulness and we're chilling. But for ourselves, but us as humans, we feel like, well, the Lord still needs to punish me because I messed up. Because that's what we've been taught. We've been taught that when we do stuff wrong, that we have to be punished. But I charge you to change your thoughts of punishment even. Because if we serve a loving God, if we serve a caring God, if we serve a God that wants the best for us, isn't forgiveness the best? Isn't his forgiveness the best? Isn't just waking up one morning and say, I've been forgiven, boop, and I've changed, boop, and I'm growing, boop, and I'm moving. Isn't that the best? Why, why was we, why must we always associate a punishment with something negative? Maybe sometimes it's not even about the punishment, not all the time, but sometimes, especially when it comes to our spiritual growth. Like, yes, we are going to have to handle the consequences of some things that we do. But if the Lord is forgiving us, if our father, if our friend has forgiven us, then why do we feel like we need to take it into our hands and control the situation? by not forgiving ourselves by not simply allowing it to drop from our mind like it drops from the Lord's why must we continue to beat ourselves up and stay in a place where the Lord has not called us to If the Lord has called us to be fruitful and multiply, if he's called us to be the head and not the tail, if if he's called us to be a lender and not a borrower, he's called us royalty. Why is it that we decide to treat ourselves like we have to be enslaved to something to move forward in life? Because to live in condemnation means that you are now enslaved to this thought that because you did something wrong, you must pay for it. You must stay in depression. You must wallow in it when that is not what the Lord has called us to. And for some of us, we stay in that spot because this is how we treat other people. We stay in this spot because we hold grudges. And if we're holding grudges against other people, then now the enemy has a foothold with this open door. Because the moment that you forgive, right? The moment that you forgive and you allow God to take control in that spot, You have literally given authority and control back to God and that door shuts. The moment you come out of alignment with something, right? 
it's like something not good for you you are literally taking the power back from the enemy you are telling them you no longer have room here you no longer have dominion here and you're giving it back to the lord and you're allowing him to be who he needs to be for us the enemy can't affect you anymore so for some of us we struggle in our minds and we struggle with those parts of us because we want to stay angry. But what are we angry at? If we really sit and think about how things play out in our lives, like really sit and think about it, can we honestly say that people are in our lives all the time to hurt, harm us, and do things to us? I do not think, nor do I believe, that every person that comes in my life who has hurt me has done so because that was their plan all along. Sometimes people genuinely mess up. Other times, people have ulterior motives. But every time, if the person who has offended you who has hurt your feelings, who has caused some trauma to be present in your life, probably has an open door of their own and the enemy used them to cause offense in your life. The enemy used them to cause offense in your life from their open door, from their offense. And the only way the enemy knows that he can get to you is by allowing these offenses to fester and to keep this door open and to keep this door moving. So what happens if we close the door? What happens if we choose forgiveness? What happens if we choose love? What happens if we choose light? Over holding grudges, being mad, And because they did it, I don't have to deal with them and everything else that comes with it. We could free ourselves today if we wanted to. If we would change our minds. And if we would change how we see things. If we would change how we perceive things. If before we sit and we talk about, oh, they did me wrong, we stop and we think about how we could pray for them. And that's grown adult stuff. Like, that's real spiritually mature stuff. But I, I charge you to think about that. I charge you to try it. Because not, like, hurt people, hurt people is a true statement. Not everybody is out to get you, sis. Not everybody is out here to hurt you, man. But bruh, if you don't grow and move forward, how are you going to be able to experience the newness of life? The newness in love. And allow the Lord to break down your thoughts on whatever he needs to. I know one big thing for me is that 
I had said in relationships, there was just certain things that I was no longer going to be looking for, right? Because these were the main characteristics of the person that had hurt me the most. And after that relationship ended, I tried my hardest to not like those things. I tried my hardest to not be interested in those things and people. And people who reminded me or exuded those tendencies, I literally walked away from them. I've ended relationships, I've ended friendships based solely off of the fact that this person had that same trait. And I don't want that in my life. Not realizing that the trait was not the issue. It was how that person functioned in it. Not realizing that the personality flaw wasn't the issue. It was how their trauma associated with it. Not realizing that my thoughts of relationships was warped. And how I thought a man should show up in my life was misconstrued and not accurate based off of some things that I had already seen and how all of that worked together to try and keep me down and try and keep me captive and this is not what the Lord wants for us nor is this what the Lord is calling us to he does not want us to stay in these spaces but he definitely wants us to go to his word and for my singles, like I know that's hard because it doesn't really talk about dating in the Bible. Like dating in the Bible, it, it didn't happen. There were arranged marriages and people just, yo son, my daughter, 15 years from now, like they finna get married. And that was it. But we also serve a God who has allowed things to evolve and change right but it does not mean that we don't still try and find a blueprint in the bible for how we should be dating and that's going to be a part two and later time we can go into that (laughs) however had i not allowed the lord to in many ways break my mind he would not have been able to rebuild it to fix my heart. Rebuild it to change my core. Strengthen it to protect my spirit. I wouldn't have been able to move forward. So how can the Lord change your mind today? What area are you going to allow him to work on? Do yourself a favor and drop the anger today. I promise you, if you forgive that person, I don't know who this is for, but if you forgive that person today, your anxiety will leave today. If you forgive that person today, your worrying will cease today. 
if you forgive that person, that aching ailment that you have in your body right now, that thing that just popped up out of nowhere, those headaches, those body aches, like all of that is going to end today because these are all things that come in. But you have to trust that the Lord is going to deal with them. And you may not see it. But it is because we serve a gracious God that he is going to exact revenge. Well, not revenge, but he is going to deal with them on your behalf. But you have to trust that he's going to do that. And you have to give him room and space to do it. Because being intimate to Yadah with the Lord means that you trust him so wholeheartedly not just with your life not just with your ministry engagements not just with your love life but also with your offenses also with those people who did not see you for who you are also with those people who try to treat you from your old identity also with those people who you were growing up and you were living your life and they hurt you because they did not see who you were. They mishandled you or they tried to drop you or they purposely tried to fumble you and yet you still stand. And yet you're still moving. You are not wretched and you are not ratchet. Own your new identity. But you also have to change how you perceive yourself, how you see yourself, how you love on yourself first. Let him do the work. I promise you, you'll thank yourself. Today, tomorrow, a year from now, you'll thank yourself and you'll you'll see the testimony of this fruit quickly. And you will know that it was the Lord. Until later, my loves, just know that if you're striving for purpose, that purpose will find you. And that if you align with the Lord, that your purpose will remind you of who he has called you to be. Later, beloveds.